Masters of aborting the unwanted. Planned Parenthood aborts their own president after just nine months on the job. So, a late-term abortion. Fired while negotiating her departure from Planned Parenthood, Dr. Leanna Wen was not the political war hawk the abortion juggernaut needed. We will examine what happened and what this means for those engaged on both sides of this battle. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Well, welcome to the show. Now, before we get to the breaking news of Planned Parenthood aborting their contract with their new president, Dr. Leanna Wen, I want to share with you a very interesting clip from a show that my wife and I have been watching. So you probably heard of the hit show, This Is Us from NBC. And it just uh, wrapped up its third season, but my wife and I were running a little bit behind. So we just finished the third season uh, the other night. And there's an episode in season three where a couple in the show by the name of Kate and Toby have to go into the hospital because Kate Kate's water breaks, and so she ends up going into labor for their son, who's only at 28 weeks of development in the womb. And so they end up having their child, and of course they have to be in the NICU for weeks, of course, and this baby was born extremely prematurely. So there's this very interesting scene where Kate, in the show, asks her friend to make sure that she brings her a Ruth Bader Ginsburg doll, action figure doll, because she wants to give it to her son because she believes that they're both made of really tough stuff. Now, we don't actually have the scene for you because the episode just came out, so we can't actually show you it, but she holds up this little doll for her 28-week-old prematurely born son and says, you're both tough stuff, huh? And, and then when they head home from the hospital, she takes the, her son with her Ruth Bader Ginsburg doll in the car seat. Now, if you're not laughing at this, if you're not capturing the irony here, then let me break it down for you. Well, first, who, who is Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Well, you're probably aware she was appointed to the Supreme Court in 1993 by Bill Clinton. And she has been a radical defender of abortion rights for her entire career, her entire judicial career, and her entire life. And she has a handful of decisions that she's ruled on related to abortion in her career. But there was one in particular that is extremely disturbing. In 2007, in a case that went before the Supreme Court called Gonzalez versus Carhartt, the Supreme Court actually ended up deciding to uphold the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act of 2003. So in 2003, our country banned the practice of partial birth abortions. Ruth Bader Ginsburg voted to reverse that ban in 2007, and the court ended up ruling 5-4, and she was part of the four who wanted to make partial birth abortions legal again in the United States of America. So what is, what is a partial birth abortion? These don't happen anymore, at least legally, and so maybe you're not aware of them. In a partial birth abortion, 
they're performed either in the late second trimester or even into the third trimester. Essentially, an abortionist uses forceps and grabs the baby's legs and pulls them down through the birth canal until just the head is left undelivered in part of the birth canal. Then he, ins- then he takes his scissors and he, he jabs into the back of the baby's head, in the back of the baby's neck, and then opens the scissors to create a hole in the baby's head. Then he sticks a suction catheter into the baby's head and suctions all the brains out so that he can crush the head and then remove the rest of it through the birth canal. So you deliver all of the baby's body except their head. Then you then you poke a knife into their brain and suck their brains out. That's a partial birth abortion. Ruth Bader Ginsburg wanted to reverse the ban on that and make that legal again in 2007. This this is this is not a feminist. <laughs> That's not a feminist position to kill little baby boys and girls um, essentially through um, cutting their head off, basically. So here you've got NBC in a hit show showing a family giving a action figure doll of one of the most morally disturbing figures on the Supreme Court to their son who was born at the exact same stage of development that that procedure is usually performed on children. Because, you oh, they're so tough. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg is hailed as this great defender of women's rights, this great social justice, civil rights defender. And yet she wanted to legalize partial birth abortions again. I mean, this is literally infanticide, right? Because once a baby's born, we call it an infant, which doesn't really make sense because it could be born at 28 weeks or it could be born at 40 weeks. But that's literally infanticide. It's only the baby's head that's left in the birth canal. I bring this up to point out the, the duplicitous nature of our country when it comes to ideas, particularly on the issue of abortion. You've got this couple in this show smiling over their baby, crying, concerned that he might not live because he was born too early, while giving his their first gift to their child an action figure of someone who, who, who would champion killing that same baby. So th- this is why we always say that ideas have consequences and bad ideas have victims. And that's a really bad idea. And the victims were all of the children who died because of that procedure, a procedure that Ruth Bader Ginsburg would still vote to reverse a ban on so we can continue killing children through partial birth abortion. So my wife and I are watching that show. It is a great show. It has a lot of good family messages, but that was not a good family message that uh, we should celebrate individuals on the Supreme Court who champion killing infants with their head left in their mother's birth canal. But we're going to focus the rest of the time of this show on Planned Parenthood's breaking news that they aborted their contract with their president, who'd only been there for nine months, Dr. Leanna Wen, who took the place of Cecile Richards in 2018. So BuzzFeed broke the story on July 16th that Leanna Wen was was fired while actually in the negotiation process for her departure from Planned Parenthood. So she was already planning on leaving, and then she got the news that she got fired. So what happened here? What's at work underneath this sudden decision? I think there's at least a couple reasons that have come to surface as to why Planned Parenthood so abruptly fired their new president. And the BuzzFeed News article from July 16th uh, 
reveals what these two reasons really are. So here's what this article reported. It said that Planned Parenthood President Leanna Wen, the first physician to head the women's health care group in 50 years, said she was removed from her position by the organization's board at a secret meeting, capping months of internal concerns over her management style and a perceived shift away from the group's political work. That right there is exactly the reason she was fired. That is the first reason. She was not giving the amount of attention and energy on advancing the political work of Planned Parenthood to enshrine abortion rights that Planned Parenthood wanted her to. The article goes on. It says, Wen's departure came in the midst of an intense uptick in the fight over abortion rights as states have passed restrictive anti-abortion laws in recent months including one in Alabama that outlaws abortion almost entirely. One source familiar with the board's thinking at Planned Parenthood said her removal was accelerated by the intensifying battle over abortion rights, saying that she was not the right leader in this climate. So basically, the board's saying that she's a pansy. She wasn't the intense radical political leader they needed while all of these states are rolling back women's rights, rolling back the legality of killing children. Of course, we know that's what that means. So, so what did Dr. One have to say about all of this? It, it looks like she was planning on leaving, but it came as a bit of a shock that she was so abruptly fired. Well, she released a Twitter statement on July 16th. Here's what she said. I am leaving because the new board chairs and I have philosophical differences over the direction and future of Planned Parenthood. Well, what are those philosophical differences? I mean, clearly they share the same philosophical ideas that babies are not babies, that men can become women, that men who think they're women can, should have abortion care as well, and that we should force everyone to pay for abortions. Clearly they share those same ideas. So what are the philosophical differences over Planned Parenthood's direction? Well, she goes on in her Twitter statement and says, I believe that the best way to protect abortion care is to be clear that it is not a political issue, but a health care one, and that we can expand support for reproductive rights by finding common ground with the large majority of Americans who understand reproductive health care as the fundamental health care that it is. Planned Parenthood wasn't prepared for this. You see, they had 12 years with Cecile Richards, and they flourished under her leadership. Cecile Richards, who's literally been a far-left hack her entire career, and... Lena Wen is not living up to Richard's legacy. Cecile Richards was very clear that she was a political activist. She was practically best friends, probably still is, with Hillary Clinton and regularly was involved with the DNC in supporting abortion rights. That doesn't seem to be who Le Leanna Wen is. And Planned Parenthood doesn't like that because they understand that if they're going to continue profiting off of the dismembering of unborn children, they can only do that if those rights continue to remain enshrined in law and no states are allowed to pass restrictions that would ban women from getting abortions because that's clientele for Planned Parenthood that they no longer have access to. That's less money for them. So the, the BuzzFeed article goes on and, and kind of hints at this how bad Leanna Wen has been for Planned Parenthood. It says, under Wen's short tenure, Planned Parenthood's fundraising saw a significant decline without Richards at the helm. So there it is. 
Planned Parenthood's admitting that they made a heck of a lot more money when Cecile Richards, a far-left political radical activist, was leading Planned Parenthood than Leanna Wen. And it's interesting that Planned Parenthood even chose to give Leanna Wen a job because it had been 50 years since they had had a physician or a doctor lead the organization because they kind of understand you need a political activist at the front. So Planned Parenthood is running scared. There is too much going on. There are too many risks, too many, too many people seeking to end abortion to have a doctor who has no experience in political activism leading the largest provider of abortions in the United States. And since when took over, it's true. Many, many states have been passing pro-life legislation. Missouri, Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, Mississippi, Ohio, Arkansas, North Dakota, Indiana, and Louisiana, all within the last year have stepped forward and passed or attempted to pass significant pro-life legislation to save the lives of unborn children. This is unprecedented in the history of our nation and particularly with Planned Parenthood because this is affecting their business. This is affecting their sales. Abortion is the sale and the pregnant mother is the prospect. And since Trump took office, there has been a ton of pro-life victories. Victories for us, but defeats for Planned Parenthood. Uh, Susan B. Anthony List reports some of the major pro-life victories that have been won under President Trump, making him the most pro-life president in American history. He supported two Supreme Court justices, 37 circuit court judges, 41 U.S. Court of Appeals judges, and 80 district court judges. And we have good reason to believe that they're all pro-life. Trump has moved to allow states to defund Planned Parenthood of Title X funds. He stopped tax dollar funding of abortion overseas. He defunded the very pro-abortion group, the United Nation Population Fund, right? Because overpopulation, we need to kill babies. He's required health insurance companies to disclose if their plans cover abortions. He's exempted private employers and educational institutions from providing abortifacient contraceptive drugs against their religiously held beliefs. He's created a new office of conscience protections at HHS to protect healthcare professionals who don't want to have anything to do with abortion. He's allowed states to defund Planned Parenthood of Medicaid funds, and he's cut Planned Parenthood's tax funding by up to $60 million, which finally went through last week. This is very, very bad news for Planned Parenthood. That all happened within the last year, folks. Both states stepping up to the pro-life plate and batting for unborn children and the Trump administration doing the same. So for Planned Parenthood, this is all about 2020. Let's be clear. Their fear with the pro-life movement's new wave of energy, their fear with having a physician with no political experience leading the largest provider of abortions in the country has everything to do with 2020, has everything to do with the upcoming election. Four more years of a Trump administration would be devastating for the abortion juggernaut, and it should be, and we should celebrate that they are running scared. And you know what their deepest and darkest fear really is, right? It's, it's that little... It's that little RBG action figure, that little Ruth Bader Ginsburg doll. If, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies or retires under a Trump administration and our president appoints another Supreme Court justice, all hell will break loose in our country. You thought you saw insanity and violence and riots 
when Brett Kavanaugh got confirmed, someone with practically no judicial history ruling on abortion cases. Just wait until our president appoints Amy Coney Barrett, a Catholic mom of seven, two children of which she adopted and one of who was disabled. You know, those horrible Catholic birthing machines that just spit out children, despite the fact that Amy Barrett is an incredibly accomplished and competent lawyer. This is all about 2020. If Amy Barrett gets on the court, it's game over for Planned Parenthood and the pro-abortion movement. If Amy Barrett gets on the court, it is very likely that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Now, there's dispute amongst well-meaning pro-lifers as to whether that will actually happen. I think as the court stands now, we have significant doubts. But if we had another conservative justice on the court, it could be game over for the abortion juggernaut. This is what they're afraid of. So they cannot sacrifice. They can't afford to have a physician, a doctor, who refuses to engage in the political battle leading Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood is going to have to decide how they're going to pitch their message, how they're going to sell their services and their branding. Are they going to be a basic healthcare organization or are they going to be a political machine? Now, they want to be both, but in this circumstance with how polarized and divided our country is, they're really going to have to pick one or the other. And it's very interesting that Leanna Wen, I think, is is actually taking the smarter and more strategic move to couch abortion in the context of healthcare. Leanna Wen's message is essentially this. This is what she wanted to say. Planned Parenthood, we're a, we're a healthcare organization and we provide a plethora of health services to women and abortion is just a part of that. that that's the pitch she wants to make. And it's actually a very strategic pitch because Planned Parenthood's record is far, far too tarnished to pitch themselves as a political machine aimed at protecting and advancing reproductive freedoms. Their record is way too black to pitch themselves as a political hackery of a machine that wants to enshrine legal abortion through the day of birth. Now, why, why is their record tarnished? Well, more people in our country than ever before are aware of some of the grisly business practices that a Planned Parenthood participates in, besides, you know, the 330,000 dead babies they dismembered. I mean, above and beyond that, the grisly abortion business practices that they engage in. And thanks to groups like the Center for Medical Progress and Live Action, a lot of these business practices have been exposed on the national stage, such as Planned Parenthood very clearly and repeatedly protecting pimps covering up sex trafficking, refusing to report cases of statutory rape, selling dead baby body parts to the highest bidder, and accepting donations specifically for aborting black babies. Their record is too tarnished to pitch themselves as solely a political machine. And Dr. Leanna Wen knows this. She knows that Planned Parenthood is in a more controversial position than arguably it's ever been in American history. And so she knows that she has to pitch Planned Parenthood as a healthcare provider, providing basic healthcare for women, and abortion is part of that. That's actually a more strategic message to the American public who is far more uncomfortable with Planned Parenthood than they've ever been before. But you see, Planned Parenthood doesn't get that. They miss their Cecile Richards. They miss their political activist leaders that bring in the cash, that bring in the big donations. 
But Americans are largely not interested in supporting a political hackery of a machine focused on enshrining abortion rights through the day of birth. That, that is not the common American-held position on abortion clinics, particularly Planned Parenthood. And we know this. There was a new Gallup poll that came out a few months ago this year reporting that only 25% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under any circumstance. So for any reason. That's only, that's only a fourth of the country. That's, that's not very big. 53% believe abortion should be legal under certain circumstances. So a little over half the country think, yeah, in some circumstances, it should be legal. This is not a broad-sweeping pro-choice community or consensus. And Leanna Wen is correct to pitch her message in a way that more moderates will resonate with. If you celebrate abortion, if you believe abortion is good, then her strategy is probably more effective. And then there's a 2007 Gallup poll reporting that 72% of Americans think late-term abortion should be illegal. Nearly three-quarters of the country thinks that abortions in the final three months should be illegal. But what's the pro-abortion message? What's Planned Parenthood's very clear political agenda? Abortion through the day of birth, through all nine months of pregnancy, through all 50 states, and making sure that no state has the right to make abortions illegal at any point. That is a radically extreme agenda. And most Americans do not like that. So we should actually celebrate the fact that they fired Dr. Leanna Wen and are seeking someone who is more radical in their political partisanship because it will expose Planned Parenthood for who they really are. So Leanna Wen's approach to discussing abortion was probably more effective, actually, in gaining the support of pro-choice moderates, but she wasn't radical enough for Planned Parenthood. Her message, had they enabled her to remain president, probably would have won over more moderates who didn't really like the fact that they were selling dead baby body parts on the black market or covering up cases of statutory rape. Had she continued the pitch that we're, we're, we're your down-the-street common basic medical healthcare organization, then given time, pro-choice moderates who distanced themselves from Planned Parenthood for some of these grisly business practices probably would have came back and supported them. But Planned Parenthood doesn't want that message. They want an extreme political message that forces abortion on the country and forces Americans to pay for those abortions. So this is actually a very good thing for the pro-life movement. I'm all for Planned Parenthood exposing how radical they are to the American public who largely do not share their views on abortion to the day of birth in all 50 states, whether you like it or not. I'm for it. Go for it. That's great. Find another Cecile Richards and, and divide more of the country who have a functioning moral conscience, conscience enough that they're going to reject third trimester abortions, probably second trimester abortions as well. That's great. Planned Parenthood will make more enemies and the pro-life movement will make more friends. So Wen's failure to discuss abortion in the monolithic way that Planned Parenthood demands leads us to the second reason that Wen was fired. But before we get to that, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion wars, then head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted and become a patron of the show. Now I know you get asked for your money all the time, but after 47 years of legalized abortion and, and over 60 million 
dead babies. Life is winning again in America. However, the defenders of abortion are doing everything they can to shut down dialogue and even deplatform shows like this that they don't like, that discuss triggering ideas. But with your help, we can continue to produce this show, increase our production value, and provide a one-stop shop for pro-life individuals like yourself to get training and encouragement and information and a bit of humor so you can go back out and be a voice for the unborn children in our midst. We'll be right back. So welcome back to the show. As we've been discussing, Planned Parenthood has aborted their contract with their new president, Dr. Leanna Wen, the first physician and doctor to lead the organization in 50 years. And they fired her because she was not the political war hawk that they needed in a cultural moment and a political moment when the pro-life movement is winning, when life is winning, when states are stepping up to the pro-life plate to bat for the unborn, when the current administration is passing pro-life legislation and stopping the abortion juggernaut. Planned Parenthood needed someone else to lead their organization who was a political activist engaged in the political battles, not a physician who just wanted to Talk about Planned Parenthood as a healthcare organization, very basic healthcare, and abortion's part of that. That's too soft for the people at Planned Parenthood, so they fired her. Get out of here. You're aborted. We need someone that's more convenient and wanted to us, which fits, of course, into the entire abortion worldview that you're valuable based off of your convenience and wantedness. But there was a second reason, it seems, why Planned Parenthood aborted their contract with Dr. Leanna when, and the BuzzFeed News article that dropped this story a few days ago points that out. So here's what was reported in BuzzFeed News from some of the people on the inside at Planned Parenthood who were aware of what was happening. They said that two sources told BuzzFeed News that when also refused to use trans-inclusive language, for example, saying people instead of women, and telling staff that she believed talking about transgender issues would isolate people in the Midwest. So basically, Planned Parenthood fired Dr. Leanna Wen for not saying that men can get pregnant. <laughs> for, for not using trans-inclusive language that acknowledges that men can become women and women can become men. And we should describe human beings as people, not men and not women. But Planned Parenthood was founded as an organization whose services were directed primarily at women, of course. Of course, part of those services were directed at both genders, right? Because if you're a little boy in the womb, then Planned Parenthood services are via forceps for your limbs. But of course, the message that Planned Parenthood has always pitched has been that we're a healthcare organization for the millions of women in our country. But apparently, Dr. Leanna Wen believing that, believing what Planned Parenthood has believed and said for decades, is, is now wrong because we need to be trans-inclusive. We need to acknowledge that we might be performing abortions on men, on men who think they are women. So maybe Julian Castro should apply for Dr. Wen's job, as you recall. The presidential hopeful in the first Democratic presidential debate said that he defends reproductive freedom and reproductive justice, but we can't forget, can't forget about trans females, about those men who think they are women, 
they should have access to abortion as well. So maybe Julian Castro should apply for the job of Planned Parenthood president because he's clearly more inclusive of the trans community. So Dr. Wen's out. And so Planned Parenthood has to insert someone temporarily as they conduct their national search for the new leader of the organization. So who is taking Dr. Leanna Wen's place? Well, her name is Alexis McGill Johnson, and she is now the acting president and CEO of the Planned Parenthood Federation of America and the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. And she's a former board member of the Planned Parenthood Action Fund and former chair of Planned Parenthood Federation of America. So she's been around for a while, obviously. She's very entrenched in Planned Parenthood and respected as such. But many people didn't know who she was. Very longtime pro-life activists, obviously, are very aware of who sits on the board at Planned Parenthood. But your, your common sort of, you know, your common pro-life individual probably can't name off all of the board members at Planned Parenthood. I can't. And so we needed to learn a little bit about who this woman was. And so Live Action dropped a great article on July 17th on Alexis McGill Johnson's career record and start at Planned Parenthood. And in Live Action's article, they link and discuss a video interview that Alexis did with Planned Parenthood Action in 2013, where she describes how and why she got involved with Planned Parenthood. So we're going to play you a clip of that interview so that we can get to know who the current leader of Planned Parenthood is and understand her ideas. I became uh, an activist for Planned Parenthood and, and eventually a board member when I saw a really offensive billboard in Soho that said, the most dangerous place for an African-American child is in the womb. And I, I was so, um, I was so angry thinking about the kind of hate and anger it took to put something like that up and the implication that black women in particular have no judgment, have no thought capacity, have no right to own their own decisions and their own bodies angered me so much into participation and I've never looked back. Planned Parenthood serves young women. It serves young women of color. It serves young black women in a way that, um, that I don't think our community fully understands. You know what? I actually agree exactly with Alexis McGill Johnson. She's absolutely right. Planned Parenthood does serve young women of color in a way that our communities do not understand because they serve the youngest women of color, the pre-born women of color, whose Planned Parenthood services dismember limb from limb. And you're right, our communities do not understand that at all. Now, of course, that's not what she meant, but it was very interesting that those were the words that she used. So she says that she's so angry, so angry at this billboard poster that says that the most dangerous place for an African-American to be is in the womb. But that is exactly right. And as you saw from the video, Alexis Johnson is at least, is at least half black, is interracial. And so it's even more saddening and disturbing that she's essentially espousing black-on-black -black racism 
which is such a weird concept to even talk about because conservatives are often accused of being racists and sexists and bigots when we're talking about ideas that involve people of our same race. So clearly a white person or a black person, for example, is not racist because racism has largely been used against black people. Clearly I'm not racist or um, bigoted towards white people because I'm white. And so those attacks are usually don't make sense. But in this circumstance, it almost does. And you have, you have to wonder if she understands the founding of Planned Parenthood as a racist organization, basically an extension of the KKK that Margaret Sanger wanted to use to eliminate African-Americans. And we have quotes from her saying as such. So this is, this is a very ironic form of black-on-black -black racism because black Americans comprise 13.4% of the U.S. population according to the U.S. Census Bureau. But they, they accounted for 36% of abortions in 2015, which was almost identical to the percentage of abortions that year amongst white Americans who make up 76.6% of the population. So way over triple the amount of whites than blacks. And yet blacks and whites are obtaining roughly the same percentage of abortions. So abortion is still being used as a racist instrument to eliminate black baby boys and black baby girls. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, documented in its abortion surveillance report for 2015, but it just got released, the numbers from 2015, that there were 124,893 white abortions and 121,829 black abortions that year. That was a difference of 3,064 babies killed. That's it. A, a difference of 3,000 amongst black individuals who obtained abortions and white individuals that obtained abortions. So Margaret Sanger's dream is being realized. The large scale elimination of black individuals, African-Americans, based off of racist ideas and Planned Parenthood is functioning from the same exact worldview and the new president of Planned Parenthood is herself black and says that she entered the fight to enshrine abortion rights and kill more babies because she saw a billboard that said the most dangerous place for her when she existed was in the womb. The most dangerous place for African-Americans is in the womb. And that's clearly correct. The numbers don't lie. So according to Alexis McGill Johnson, killing black babies for, for being black is not racist. Oh, but also celebrating abortions is Christian. Okay, so there's a Christian Post article from April of 2014, and it reports on an interview with Johnson at a Women of Power meeting in New York where Johnson said that Christians can support abortion too. And in the interview with a Christian Post journalist, she said, quote, we all recognize that abortion and terminating a pregnancy is a very complicated decision, but that issue needs to be left to a woman, her doctor, and her God, not a politician. I felt that it was a very insulting way of trying to suggest that we're not capable of grappling with the implications of the decisions that we make. Question, Alexis, 
Why is the decision of abortion and terminating a pregnancy a complicated decision? Why? If something is complicated, it's because it usually has some type of moral, social, spiritual weight to it. If the unborn is just a blob of tissue, if the black baby boys and girls that you think should be dismembered are not persons at all, not part of the human family, they're just potential persons who are currently masses of tissue, then why is that decision complicated? It's because we all know deep down that the unborn is in fact part of the human family. We all know that, don't we? That's why even political leaders and pro-choice leaders will talk about the difficult decisions that women have to make, right? I've debated people who've said, uh, you know, these are difficult decisions. Why are they difficult? You've just acknowledged that this debate is not just a debate about women's bodies, but in fact that there is more to it, namely another body. So she goes on in this interview that Christian Post article reports on from 2014. And she says, the article says, as for women of faith potentially grappling with matters related to abortion, Johnson, who told Christian Post she is a Christian, said, quote, that's a very complicated issue. She added that Planned Parenthood has a wide variety of support from women clergy and ministers who are members of faith. So apparently the new sitting president of Planned Parenthood is doing what she's doing because one, she's black. Two, she wants more black baby boys and girls to be aborted. And three, she's a Christian. And there are lots of members of faith and clergy who think the same way. So <laughs> this is currently the new leader of Planned Parenthood. A person who espouses black-on-black -black racism, I guess, and a Christian. So this is who Planned Parenthood has decided to put in on an interim basis. Though we'll have to see if she ends up remaining. She, she does have an extensive history as a political activist and has sat on boards of multiple far-left political action groups. So she is much more of the Cecile Richards. Dr. Leanna Wen has nowhere near the experience she does as a political and social leader. So it could be that, that Alexis McGill Johnson remains on as the leader of Planned Parenthood. And these, these are the things we need to be aware of and we need to be pointing out and having conversations with. Because for those of you who are pro-life, who probably most of you listening to this show, you have many people in your lives who don't share your position, who are pro-choice. Maybe, they, maybe they're even activists. Maybe they're pro-abortion. Maybe they believe that abortion is, is sacred and holy and is, and is necessary for women's equality. Regardless, you have people in your life who don't share your perspective. So we need to be informed on this because there are many people in your life who are much more moderate who will be very uncomfortable with this, who won't like the idea of, of the leader of Planned Parenthood saying that you can be a Christian and be pro-abortion or that, that you can make those decisions with God or that the, the fact that there's 36% African-American population in our country and they account for such a that 13% of the African American population accounts for over 30% of the abortions will be very concerning to them. So this is what we need to know about her. This is what's going on. And we'll have to wait and see if, if she remains in that position or Planned Parenthood finds someone even more extreme. But we have less than two years until the next 
election. And this is what is going to be on everyone's mind, is who's leading Planned Parenthood, who is going to be leading the Democratic ticket, who will probably be hand in hand with the new president of Planned Parenthood. And all of this is going to impact the pro-life movement, Christians, and the unborn children in our midst. Thanks for joining me today. Head on over to iTunes and YouTube and give this show a review and rating so that we can reach more people. And if you want to learn more and engage with me online or ask me questions, head on over to sethgruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com. And look for my training videos, my speaking schedule, and subscribe to my newsletter. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.